This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundSystem.com for more. Now, NBA Sound System Live. It is indeed NBA Sound System L-I-V-E live across the NBA Global Networks. I'm Carlin Gay. He is Scott Rafferty. Scott, how are you feeling today? Colin, I'm doing well. It feels like uh, we're slowly getting to be whole again in the NBA with Clay Thompson's return on Sunday. That was very exciting. I know we're going to talk about that today. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Can't complain. It is uh, another week. We're closing in on the halfway point of the NBA season. It feels like just yesterday where we tipped off and we were talking Warriors. We were talking about the Nets and, the, and and you know their pending big three not being able to play together for the entire season. Clay Thompson's pending return. Now he's back. Everything's happening in the league. And we're closing in on the All-Star break, which uh, is always the... Uh, the area in the season which people really find out, are you contenders, are you pretenders, which way are you going, up, down, um, and also the trade deadline. So it is a fun part of the NBA calendar here in January, uh, and we are now in the 2022 portion of the NBA season. Um, can I still say Happy New Year 10, 11 days in? But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that alone. Uh, here we go. Clay Thompson made his debut, as you mentioned. Uh, he came back to the court for the first time in almost a thousand days scott the last time we saw him on an nba court was the 2019 nba finals in game six in which the raptors clinched the title uh he went down with an achilles injury at the time which we didn't know because he came back out shot free throws um a la kobe and in his return or his attempted return to the court from that injury had the acl tear so two of the worst basketball injuries you could possibly have and he came back on Sunday night, the world, the basketball world was watching uh, record numbers, according to the NBA, in terms of engagement and watching uh, the game itself uh, on NBA TV. And Clay Thompson, man, he, he didn't disappoint. Got in, threw down a dunk, uh, scored the first basket for the Warriors in the game. How how'd you feel about seeing Clay Thompson? You put up a lot of shots, by the way. He's probably still shooting. But how'd you <laughs> feel about Clay Thompson and his return? 18 shots in 19 minutes yeah he, he wasn't afraid to uh, get him up um I, I believe it was the the acl followed by the achilles by the way um you, you corrected me last week on the the kyrie irving stuff i was appreciative of that um, right so just I, I think that was the order if i'm correct either way to your point yes he's he's been gone nearly a thousand days two pretty terrible injuries and i thought all things considered you know that the, the environment was electric um for his return that I was looking at the same numbers you were before we logged on here when the NBA tweeted out some of the, the record-breaking numbers. It seemed like every NBA fan tuned in for his return. Um, got up his shots. I, I think he was he was understandably a little rusty on the offensive end. That's going to happen when you don't play for nearly a 1,000 straight days. Um, it, it was funny because I think going into his return, we all just kind of assumed like his shot would be absolutely fine and be the other stuff that he'd struggle with. Um, but he scored his first basket of the game, that that runner going down the lane. And then he threw down that dunk, which I'm not going to lie. I, 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 
another like Clay Thompson dunk. Maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, but that might be one of the best dunks of his career um, right off the bat. So that, that that was great to see. It was great to see kind of that explosiveness from him. Um, and we know if he can kind of, the shot's going to come. Um, he still knocked down, I think it was three threes in that game. Um, and, and he's just going to make things easier for the Warriors offensively. You know, like he's a guy who doesn't really need the ball in his hands. He's an excellent mover off ball. He's arguably what the great, the second greatest shooter of all time. I think Steph is going to benefit greatly from him being back because we know Steph was the the front runner for MVP for a large por- a large portion of the this season so far. He, he's tailed off a little bit lately, um, and I think having Clay back will kind of take some of that offensive load off of him, maybe help him get to his spots a little bit easier. Um, so that was great to see, and I think defensively, I, I think he looked pretty good. Um, that that was kind of the biggest question mark I had going into his return. It was interesting that he guarded Larry Markkinen most of the night because, you know, like before right. his injury, Clay probably would have been guarding Darius Garland, who's the, uh, the, the the primary playmaker on the Cavaliers. But Andrew Wiggins took on that assignment. He's been taking on those assignments since Clay's been sidelined, um, which will kind of ease him back into that. And, and I think, you know, he, he's a smart defender. He knows where to position himself. Um, all that stuff, I think, will come back to him. So I think all in all, a very encouraging return for Clay Thompson. Absolutely encouraging, and it doesn't get any easier for the Golden State Warriors. They uh, play one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now, the Memphis Grizzlies. That's on uh, today. We're recording on Tuesday here. If you're listening to us live, that's tonight, uh, Jan 11th. Uh, huge game, marquee game. So they come off the big uh, sort of clay return, and they face one of the hot, like I said, the hottest team in the NBA. And this is a good test for the Warriors uh, to, to kind of stamp their, you know. Um, you know, supremacy to just announce it to the to the western rest of the Western Conference. You know, they have one of the best records in the, in the league, if not the best record, thirty and nine, uh, first in the Western Conference. They're going to be without Draymond Green, who did check in for the game on Sunday just to be there for Clay's tip. That's how much it meant to these Warriors. Draymond wanted to be on the floor to commemorate uh, Clay's return, uh, so he was on the floor for that and checked out with a calf injury. Otto Porter, I know, is nursing a, a shoulder injury. Uh, Gary Gary Payton, the third or what is he? The second, third? Mm-hmm. Where am I? Second. He's the second, third, second. The mitten. He's uh, a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the mitten. He's uh, nursing an ankle injury. And uh, everyone's still awaiting an update and finding out where James Wiseman is in his rehab. When the Warriors are healthy, they, to me, for my money, they're the best team in the NBA right now. But this Grizzlies team is tough. Um, they are going to be without Dylan Brooks, one of my favorite players in the NBA, as you know, Scott, and uh, Steven Adams, who's uh, who's in uh, health and safety protocols for Wednesday's game. But it still should be a nice test to see where the Grizzlies are. The measuring stick right now is the Warriors, where the Grizzlies are uh, in terms of their growth here in the Western Conference. So big game. Um, I know I know our, our colleague and friend over at Sporting News, Jordan Greer, is working on his, his – uh, his point guard rankings. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to clear the floor here and let you go ISO like our guy, John Morant, and, and oh, no. just talk about how great he has been over the last couple of weeks. John Morant's been incredible. I mean, he's been, we, we've talked about him before on, on this podcast. He came out of the gates, I mean, hotter than anyone in the league, it felt like, to start of the season. Um, was like, we start the MVP conversation way too early nowadays, but he was, you know, he, he's probably the front runner for, through a week or two. Then he had that injury. Um, he was out for a little bit, came back, struggled in his first game back. No surprises there considering the injury that he had. Um, and, and he's just been dynamite since. Uh, I mean, he's what is there to say about him? He's improved every single season he's been in the NBA. We knew he was incredibly athletic when he first came in. 
but he, his shot is, is done to round out into form, especially from three-point range. And, I mean, if he's going to knock that down consistently, I, I don't know what you do because he can get to the basket at will. Right now, he's averaging 14.8 points per game in the paint on the season, which is behind only Giannis and Nikola Jokic for most in the league. And uh, if I need to remind you, those guys are seven-footers and they're, they're absolute freaks of nature. And John Moran is a, a slight six-foot-three. And saying that is is simplifying things greatly because you know he he's an incredible athlete. He few players are faster with the ball in their hands than he is, um, and he he just knows how to harness that speed and athleticism. But it really is incredible the like the degree to which he is dominating the paint this season. Um, and it, it, I mean he gives kind of like young Derrick Rose vibes, right? Like before those ACL tears, um, the way that he plays, the pressure that he puts on teams. He's also a great passer. Um, so yeah, he, he's just been absolutely fantastic. It's been really fun to watch his continued growth. Um, and I think it's, it's fair to say, I mean, he's going to be an all-star this season. I think it's, it's more of a debate if he's going to start in the Western conference. Cause I think Steph's going right. to have one of those spots, but the other second guard spot is open. Um, right. but, I mean, he, he's playing at an all-star level. He's going to get some MVP consideration at the way that he's going at the rate that he's going. And he's going to be in the all NBA conversation too. No question about it. I, I am a big John Morant fan. Uh, I'm going to be tuning in tonight on NBA TV to watch Steph uh, go head to head with John Morant. And, uh, you know, Steph Curry, who, 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 whenever there's a point guard opposite him, and I think I've said this on this program before, but whenever there's a point guard opposite him, whether it's Damian Lillard, uh, Kyrie Irving, doesn't matter who it is, it seems like Steph's been at Chris Paul. It, it seems like Steph's been on a mission to prove that he is indeed the best point guard in the league. And you have uh, one of the hottest players and hottest teams coming, uh, you know, that, that, that they're about to, to visit in Memphis. Uh, and, you know, I, I expect Steph to put on a show. Uh, tonight in in that matchup um another point guard that made his return to the lineup uh is one Kyrie Irving we discussed that a little bit last week uh his impact on the Nets uh he was able to play last night in a rescheduled game for the Nets with James Harden sitting out they went out to Portland did the Nets and they lost um in in a game where CJ McCollum did not play Damian Lillard did not play so the Nets now looking at a 25 and 14 record they're second in the east um, but there are, when you look at them, I mean, throw the record out, but when you look at this team, you have to really judge them. And they're one of the, I hate doing this cause there's, it, it, it lends to the people that say, uh, the regular season doesn't matter. But in this specific instance with the Brooklyn Nets, I don't think the regular season is where we will judge them. I think we're ultimately looking at this team uh, as an almost championship or bust sort of a mentality, given the fact that they have Harden, Irving and, and KD on the same squad. And they sacrificed a lot to get those three guys together. So, you know, it would be a failure for them if they weren't able to get to the finals and hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy. So I think most people are looking at them through that lens. And although they're in second place in the Eastern Conference, there are clear and glaring issues with this team. Um, Should a net fan panic? Right now, Scott, should they should they panic with what they've seen out of a team that's twenty five and fourteen and still haven't really seen their best three players on the floor at the same time for a ton of minutes? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you in that this team is is championship or bust. I, I don't really like to do that either. I, I think there's a lot more to the NBA than just winning the championship, and that's it. But yeah, I mean, look, they put these three two three players together to win a championship. Very clear about that. Um, and we know what KD does in the playoffs. We know what Kyrie's done in the playoffs in the past. Um, this team will be judged in the playoffs. In saying that, going into this season, we kind of thought this was like the Nets' season to win it all. Like that they were just destined to make to the finals. And I think there's enough question marks at this point of the season to not kind of just 
like, I, would you consider them the favorites to come out of the East right now? Um, I, I'd probably have the Bucks ahead of them. Um, and I, I think that they're still that number two, regardless of how they've been playing lately, just because of their star power. But look, they're, they're, I think they're 10th in defense right now. They don't feel that good defensively. And maybe that's some of that has to do with, you know, this team wasn't that great defensively last season when Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant were on the floor. Um, so we've seen him back for two games now. Having him right. in there obviously makes them better offensively, but they too, do take a bit of a slide defensively. Um, and, and KD's been incredible. We know what we're going to get from Kyrie. James Harden hasn't, he's been much better lately, but he still hasn't been that like MVP caliber player if he was um, when he first joined the Nets last year. And... I, I mean, I, I think the Nets could probably still win it all if they have their three players healthy in uniform, regardless of how good James Harden is, whether he reaches that level again or not. But then we still have that issue of we, we don't know, you know, to what capacity they're going to have Kyrie Irving in the playoffs um, because of him being a part-time player and everything like that. So I, there's just a lot of question marks about this team. Um, again, anyone who watched what KD did in the playoffs last year um, when Harden and Kyrie were in the lineup and then also when one of them was out, like he, he was, just, he took his game to another level and he looked like the best player in the league um, sure. and, and in the world. So as long as he can do that again, you know, they're absolutely going to have a chance. Um, but I, the, I, I do think there are con- some concerns kind of kind of looming for this team. Yeah, I, I think there are concerns, but nothing that can't be fixed within the regular season. Even with Kyrie Irving, to me, as a uh, part-time player, uh, I, I do think that they can figure things out from here on out. There's still half a, a season of basketball left to play. And then I think as long as they peak by the time we get to the conference finals, they'll be in a good position uh, to, to, to reach that goal of winning a championship. The defense thing is, is really glaring because most teams, you know, you look at it on paper – most teams, and look at throughout the history of the NBA, most teams that can't defend don't win championships. That's just point blank, period. And it, it looks like when those three guys are on the floor, Irving, uh, Harden, and, and KD, it doesn't seem like they they want to defend for 48 minutes. It's not like they're locking in because they know that they could score whenever they want. So it's almost like they just want to outscore you. And that reminds me of the, the teams that you know Steve Nash was on. And with him as a head coach, I wonder about that. Is that the strategy here? Um, and when we, if you remember, those Suns teams were blowing teams out in the regular season. But once they got into the playoffs and they had to play in the half court, a lot of that slowed down. Uh, and and because they couldn't they couldn't have stops and they couldn't get out and run as much as they wanted to because they were taking the ball out of their own basket a, a ton of times. So I I really and truly believe that if if this Nets team. Um, I don't think they need a trade either. I, I do think they need healthy bodies back. Uh, you know, they're they're playing without Joe Harris, who's obviously a big part of their mm-hmm. their their rotation uh, and a guy that's going to stretch the floor. Now, Patty Mills. You know, I, I think if you watch any net game and realize that Patty Mills is on the floor, it feels like they're not missing Joe Harris, but they are. He, he's just an extra guy. Um, you know, that could stretch the floor for them. And um, he's also a big maybe, body. Like that helps Huge defensively body. too, right? Like Patty Mills yep. is, a, is a small guard, um, fantastic offensive player. He hustles, he's everywhere. Um, but just having that extra size out there also helps in Joe Harris. Yeah. And we still haven't really seen them at their full strength. Like, uh, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is out with a foot injury now. And, uh, you know, who knows what Paul Millsap can give you in a, in a postseason run. Blake Griffin, same thing. Maybe they, they're able to give you those 10 minutes of energy plays that you need during a postseason from those guys. I don't know if Millsap could give it, but I think Griff Griffin could get back to that. Um, you know, he, he was really good in the playoffs last year. Really, really mm-hmm. good. Um, but, you know, offensively can't give you that anymore. But there are hustle plays that he could make. So that that's what I'm looking at for the Nets, how they kind of gel 
going forward. And if they can get healthy enough by the time April rolls around, then we're, we're talking about them in a different scenario. So I'm not really able to give you a straight answer. I, I, I'm just saying, hey, let's wait and see uh, because they, they do have the time to work out the kinks. And that's why the regular season is so important. So um, they have a huge game coming up on Wednesday against the Chicago Bulls. I, I think that's a big test for the Chicago Bulls. And let's talk about these Bulls because they're first place in the Eastern Conference. DeMar DeRozan has played terrific. He's in the MVP discussion right now. Zach Levine is great. Uh, contract year for him. Vucevic is, I think he's slowly starting to find his role as a third guy on mm-hmm. a team. It's, and it's taken a while, but he's slowly figuring out where he can get his. Uh, and, you know, when they're healthy, when you have the Lonzo Ball situation, when you have Caruso coming off the bench, they have a backcourt that can get up and down the floor with anybody really in the NBA. Uh, and, and they're guarding better than I expected them to guard when the season started. So now they have the Nets coming in on Wednesday night. It's a late game, 10 Eastern. Uh, You know, I won't be watching that one live. I'm going to have to get up and watch that the next morning, Scott. But late game, 10 Eastern, I think it's a big game for for Chicago mentally. Um, When you think about teams in the regular season and and teams that are just trying to get to that next level, I don't think anybody expected Chicago to be in the championship discussion, but they could be there. Um, You know, there are there's a path where you can see them get to the finals, depending on matchups here when, when we get to the playoffs. And beating a Nets team in the regular season gives you that mental edge, I think. Uh, for a young team like Chicago, a lot of the players on this team outside of DeRozan uh, and maybe I'll throw in Vucevic, but you know Levine hasn't really done anything in the playoffs. He hasn't he hasn't had the opportunity to, um, you know, and, and they're going to depend a lot on him uh, come postseason to to play at the same level that he is right now. If you lose games like this against the Nets, the team that everyone on paper thinks that is better than you in the regular season, you ha- I, I just see a tough time. Picking the Bulls come playoff time and, and beating these teams four to you know seven times, so I, I do think it's a huge matchup for the Nets for the for the Bulls to prove something to themselves and the rest of the league. Not so much for the Nets. Where do you sit on where the Bulls are right now? Uh, are they in the championship contender? And how big is this game for them? It's 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 a decently sized game. They've, they've already played the Nets twice this season. Um, the first matchup they won handedly by 23 points. The second one was much closer, uh, but they they were able to to kind of squeak that win out by I think it was 50 points from like Demar Derozan and Zach Levine. Um, it, it is funny this team. I think that they're, they're becoming the team that we that we thought they were going into the season. Um, we, we talked about them pretty early, and their defense was much further ahead of their offense. Um, kind of that first month, six weeks of the season. And then now it's kind of been the reverse of that. Their offense, they're up to number five in offensive efficiency and then down to 13 in defensive efficiency. And some of that has to do with Caruso's missed some time, Bulls missed some time. They're, they're their two best defenders. Um, but we're kind of seeing like an elite offense and about an average defense, which is what we expected. Um, but I mean, they've been electric this season. They've, they've also beaten good teams. Like they're 12 and seven against teams that are 500 or above, um, which is one of the better records in the league. Um, I mean, they're, they're legit from the perspective of they're one of the best teams in the league this season. That DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine have fit in pretty perfectly next to each other. Uh, Vucevic got off to a slow start this season, but it seems like he's finding his rhythm. They've got good role players around them, guys who know what they're doing. Um, you were talking about playoff experience. I mean, Alex Caruso won a championship with the with the Lakers. You know, we know what he's going to bring to the table. Um, he, he just kind of plays winning basketball, even though that's a, a huge cliche. So does Lonzo Ball. Um, they're just a really fun team, and they seem to enjoy playing with each other. In saying that, I, I feel like I'm going to have a bit of hesitancy in in picking the Bulls to to potentially make it to the finals or Eastern Conference finals. Sure. 
if sure. only because one we haven't seen Zach Levine in the playoffs before <clears throat> which is a little bit of a question mark two Vucevic has a little bit of experience but he was he really struggled in 2019 when the Orlando Magic played the Raptors in that first round and he played well against the Bucks in 2020 but they lost in five games um, and DeRozan has a bit of a shaky postseason history as well um, I, I think it's too far to say that he's been bad because he's had some big games he's had some big series but it doesn't. It's never felt like he's really elevated his game to another level. He's had in the some playoffs. stinkers too, by the way. He, he has. He's had some great games and some stinkers. Yeah. So I, I feel like, I mean, this is this is. I think it's fair to say the best season of his career so far. He's going to be in the MVP conversation. He's going to start in the All Star game at this rate. Um, he's going to be in in the All NBA um, first, second team consideration. Sure. But until I kind of see him take his game to that other level in the playoffs. I feel like I'm going to have a little bit of hesitancy, hesitancy picking like a team with him on it to make it to go really far. Yeah, the, I think the knock on DeMar DeRozan was always that he was a 1B uh, type player. You know, he, he is on your team in the regular season. You can count on him to, to kind of lead the way. But as you said, to turn it up a notch in the postseason, he's just not there. He's probably better served as the Robin than the Batman uh, in, in terms of having playoff success. And that's where the Bulls sit. If he's your best player with Chicago, I don't think many people outside of Chicago will be you know, saying the Bulls are going to run through the Eastern Conference, especially when you have the Nets, uh, the, the, the Bucks, defending champions, and the Heat uh, teams that are, you know, if they're healthy, I think a lot of people would pick all three of those teams ahead of the Bulls. So I'm not a believer in the Chicago Bulls. I don't think that this team is, uh, you know, a, a team that's set up to make a deep playoff run. However, there are moves at the trade deadline, which we're a month away from now, uh, that I think could put them in that conversation. Um, and you know, we we could discuss more of those uh, as the weeks go on uh, with the Chicago Bulls team. But I will say this: the next two weeks is going to be uh, one of the biggest sort of. Uh, eye-opening experiences for for this Chicago Chicago Bulls team and their fans because uh, here's who they have coming up if you skip the game that they have tonight against the Detroit Pistons again we're we're here on Tuesday the 11th uh, they play the Nets on a back-to-back then they have the Warriors then they have the Celtics the Grizzlies the Cavs the Bucks I don't think that's a easy road ahead for the Chicago Bulls by any stretch of the imagination. But if they look great in this stretch that they have the Nets, Warriors, Celtics, Grizzlies, Cavs, and Bucks, then I think they'll open up a lot of people's eyes. Uh, and, and by that time, that, that Bucks game is on the 21st of, of uh, January. By that time, I think the All-Star voting will be uh, already you know, wrapped up. Uh, we'll know who's starting, and I think we'll we'll start turning our conversation into whether or not Gerard Rosen is a true MVP candidate, uh, because he, he, you know, the numbers are there, his team success is there, but when you're dealing with monsters like Jokic and and and, and Giannis and LeBron and uh, Steph Curry and, and the list goes on and on, even Kevin Durant, this goes on and on. I, I think it's going to be tough for DeRozan to really lock into that top five. In MVP voting, I could see him finishing in the top 10. I don't know if he could do the top five. I didn't even mention John Rand. I don't even know mm-hmm. if he can do the top five. It's going to be tough for him. But get through this stretch because you, when you're an MVP, you need MVP moments in the season. So by the end of the season, people will go back, oh, remember when the Bulls ripped off five wins against these five teams uh, and DeMar went crazy? That's what the the voters need at the end of the season. He hasn't had that moment for me yet. The little buzzer beaters, those are cool. Oh, the, the little buzzer beaters? 
back to back buzzer beaters. Those are cool, but remember, those are that was against the Pacers. You shouldn't have needed a buzzer beater against the Pacers. <laughs> and 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 who's the, the the other one was against the Wizards. You I mean, are come such on. a hater. You're such Come a on. Hater. The Pacers and the Wizards. I mean, you shouldn't need, if you're a top tier team, you shouldn't need a, a bailout at the end of the game like a buzzer beater. Uh, but whatever. We'll give him to him. But I, I think th- this would be his MVP moment for me if they were able to. They don't need to go undefeated, by the way. He just They, they just need to, you know, not have a, a sub 500 record in that stretch. And also, DeMar needs to elevate his game, as you said. So DeMar DeRozan doing something we've never seen before in NBA history, which is hit back to back game winning buzzer beaters. Um, in okay. back-to-back days isn't enough for you. That's okay. He really has been incredible this season. Um, and, and it's fun to see kind of like his whole game come together. You know what I mean? Like sure. the Raptors, he was just like an absolute mid-range assassin. He kind of dabbled in three-pointers the last couple seasons that he was there. Then he goes to San Antonio, flies under the radar a little bit. But he became a really good passer, a really good facilitator in San Antonio. Started playing more of the power forward in like smaller lineups. And then this season, it feels like he's still that that mid range assassin. He's one of the best mid range shooters in the league. Um, he, he's shooting threes at, at. He's having one of his best three point shooting seasons of his career. He still doesn't shoot a ton, but he shoots them when he's needed to, and he hit those back to back game winning threes, um, which were pretty impressive. And he, he's you know he's playing power forward. Um, he's a great passer. They can put him in a lot of space. Um, it, it really just does kind of feel like everything's coming together for him. But um, when you were kind of going through that list and naming some of those players. The, the one thing that this team does need is kind of like that that wing who can kind of mm-hmm. do things, do the dirty work, um, get after it defensively, match up with the LeBrons. Not that anyone can right. stop, you know, a LeBron or a, a Kawhi Leonard or something like that. Make it difficult for them. And that was what Patrick Williams was going to be for them this season. And obviously he's had yes. that wrist injury and I think he's out the rest of the, t- the, the season, if not most of it. Um, so like you were kind of alluding to, is there someone that they can get? Is it, is it like a Jeremy Grant who it seems like every title contender in the league is going to want to go after him over the next four <laughs> weeks um, and it's going to take a lot to get him. But like that kind of player, is that, is, that, is that what they need and is that kind of the thing that puts them over the edge? Yeah, Laker fans, y'all aren't getting Jeremy Grant. Like, chill out, all right? Like, it's not happening. You have no assets to get him. Just relax, all right? Jeremy Grant's not going to L.A. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, he, he would be a, he, he's an interesting uh, needle mover seeing as he left – Denver uh, to you know to be the guy and now we'll have to go back to being a role player on any of these championship contenders but he got paid so can't can't really be mad at him mm-hmm. for that all right let's talk all-star quickly before we get out of here because the uh, first returns came out last Thursday the next uh, second returns will come out this Thursday if the voting ended at that time we would have in the Eastern Conference DeMar DeRozan James Harden Kevin Durant Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid starting for the Eastern Conference out west. We'd have Curry, Doncic, James, Jokic, and Paul George starting for the Western Conference. The top 10 vote getters, Curry, Durant, Giannis, LeBron, Jokic. No surprise there in the top five. The bottom five is a little bit of a surprise for me, Scott. We have DeMar DeRozan at six, Embiid mm-hmm. at seventh, Paul George at eight. My man, Andrew Wiggins <laughs> at nine and the beard at 10. Andrew Wiggins cracking the top 10. No one was happier for Andrew Wiggins than me. Um, you know, I've been a longtime supporter of Mr. Wiggy. The, I've been living on Wiggy Allen, seems like by myself at times. Uh, but it, it feels like, you know, after that, uh, after he, he popped up in the top 10, I, I, you know, there was a lot of Wiggins support for him. Um, so I, I, I sit here and say, can we see a world in which Andrew Wiggins may start in the All Star game? I don't know if my heart could take it, Scott. I think I, think I might. I think I might faint if that happens. 
Um, Andrew Wiggins has had a great season, but the fact that he had nearly 300,000 more votes than Draymond Green is just wrong. I'm sorry. Draymond Green has a much stronger All-Star case this year than Andrew Wiggins, uh, but that's not what you asked me. I, I don't think I don't think he's going to be an All-Star star, because the, the, the important thing to keep in mind here is that I think it's the fans account for 50% of the votes for the starters, and then the other 50 are split by NBA players and a, a media panel. Um, Hey, look, maybe NBA players love Andrew Wiggins and what he's done this season. They're having number one yeah, in the front court. Go ahead, court ease, go ahead you know see. What I mean? We but, know the media has long, long hated Andrew Wiggins, so it's not happening is what you want to say. I, those were not my words. Um, I'm, you I'm you said it. that. Yeah, I'm saying <laughs> Look, I, I mean, he's, I don't think he's going to get it. I, I, that, but I will say that third spot in the front court for the West is more open. Like... LeBron and Nikola Jokic are are no-brainers, right? They're they're, they're two of the five best players in the league. Um, Jokic is an MVP candidate this season. I think LeBron, aside from the fact that the Lakers have been quite a big disappointment, um, he's he's kind of pushing himself into that conversation based on the way that he's playing, whether it's that kind of fourth or fifth spot, whatever. Um, But that that, that third spot in the front court in the West, I mean, I had Draymond Green. I did this exercise around Christmas Day where I, I picked my starters based on who I thought was most deserving to that point of the season. I had Draymond Green as that third starter, but, you know, Anthony Towns deserves a look. Um, Rudy Gobert, obviously. Um, you can throw Andrew Wiggins in there. I, I wouldn't, um, at least as a starter. Um, Paul George has been fantastic when he's played, but he's going to miss a, a large chunk of the season with the injury that he's currently dealing with. Um, but so, yeah, that, that, that third spot is for open, but I, I don't think it's going to go to Wiggins. But it's it's a nice story, uh, and it and it would be funny to see him <laughs> on his first All Star selection at the All Star game in the seventy fifth anniversary season in Cleveland of all places where yes, he was drafted full originally. Yeah, it would be full circle for and playing next to LeBron James, the guy that uh, got him out of town too. Uh, that would be fun. Um, so voting began on Christmas Day, and, and it will end on January twenty second. Um, so there is still a couple of weeks for voting to uh, to be had, voters, votes to be had for some of these NBA players. We'll have the second returns on Thursday coming up here. I believe it's around noon it, it normally releases. So uh, we'll, we'll have that on NBA.com for you globally. Uh, and uh, I'm sure Kyle Irving will have some more takeaways, uh, including, um, you know, making sure that Andrew Wiggins stays in the top 10. I've been, I've been really hammering the vote. I know they say you could only do it a couple times. Or I think it limits like 10 or something like that. Uh, I'm on different IP addresses. I'm over there. I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, getting my, I'm getting my Andrew Wiggins votes in. Yeah, you're accounting uh, for 100,000 of the Andrew Wiggins votes. Yeah. Is that what you're telling you know, me? Well, he's, 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 he's going to crack under 1,000 while the next second returns here. And it's, uh, you know, uh, sorry, Draymond, but, you know, I've, I've long been a, a Wiggins supporter. So got to gotta, gotta help my man out a little bit. Um, and by the way, he would be the – I think the first Canadian to uh, to play in the All Star game since since Jamal McGlure, if I'm not mistaken, and that was way back. I want to say 2001. No, Steve um, Nash. But yes, Nash. Uh, but you know, I, I, was that post Jamal McGlure? Was that the same year? Nash. Nash. Sorry, McGlure was the first. Nash. Yeah. Nash was the second. So yes, it, it came after him. Um, I know, I almost forgot the great Steve Nash. How could I do that? Yeah, how could you, you even you even mentioned him on this podcast. Yeah, I'm a little bit embarrassed right now. Um, but anyway, it's all about Wiggy. You know, let Wiggy get to, you know, get Wiggy <laughs> to the All Star game. I'm, I'm, I'm campaigning for him. That's your campaign. Oh man, it would be great. I, I can't wait to be in Cleveland and, and cheer from the press box if, if Wiggy gets into the game. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely would as well. <laughs> 
it'd be hard not to. It'd be, no, 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 no. it'd be hard not to wear the Wiggins jersey and cheer from the press, co- press box. I was going to say, you're trying to get autographs after the, the game, too. Oh, that's my guy. He, he, yeah, <laughs> I, I love him. That is my guy. All right. Uh, enough Wiggy love. We'll save some for next week. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, if you missed any part of the show, you can do that wherever you get your podcast at NBA Sound System. Please rate and review. It does us a ton. Um, it really does us a ton to get us into uh, the, the correct hands and the correct ears uh, and, and, and meet new listeners just like you. Uh, so it's free of cost. It doesn't, char- it doesn't cost you anything. So just uh, just help us out. Uh, five-star review would, uh, would, would be very much appreciated from Scott and I. So for Scott Rafferty, I am Carlin Gay. We'll see you next week right here across the NBA Global Networks. It's NBA Sound System. Enjoy the week, folks. Mm-hmm.